You've got to ask yourself a question. What's a guy with a mustache from 1880 doing answering questions about today's teens? That's a great question. It's because I've spent my life living with teens and have helped thousands of parents deal with raising their teens in an ever-changing culture. Hundreds of questions are always asked of me about parenting. Folks want to know how to take the scripture they believe and put it into practice with techniques and, uh, and new parenting tools that help get their teen and their family to a better place. So if there's a question that you'd like to get the answer from, a seasoned guy who spent his life working and living with teens, then this is the place. You can get those questions to me in a number of ways. First off, you can go to ask at markgregston.com. The second way is just to text that question to 903-400-4732. That's 903-400-4732. Or you can go to markgregston.com and submit a question. Let me answer some of those hard questions that you have about your teen, and I'll give you an answer that is practical, proven, and effective in its application. Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregson sits down for a conversation with a couple of teens from Heartlight. Heartlight is a residential counseling center started by Mark and his wife, Jan, that creates an arena of change for both teens and parents. Let's hear from a couple of Heartlight's teens today. Emily, thanks for being a part of the program. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, my name's Emily. I'm 16. I'm from Pearland, Texas, and I'm here because family issues, depression, anxiety, those kind of things. So So when did all that start? Um, It actually started when I was really young. I was about seven or eight, and I just started having really bad anxiety attacks, and I ended up seeing a counselor for the first time when I was around the age of eight. Wow. What did the counselor tell you? What did the counselor say? Okay, this is this is what's going on. What did they try to dig into? Um, I... I wish I remembered the like sessions and everything, but I just remember her being like, it's not healthy. And she said, I like, even from like her standpoint, like ever since like I was little, I've always struggled. Like I was really OCD when I was younger and uh, I struggled with perfectionism. So that was a big thing. Where do you think that came from? I mean, Um, what made you want to be perfect all the time? Well, I don't want to say... It was necessarily my parents, although they definitely did play a part in it. But a big part of it came from my myself. Like I felt, I always yeah, just felt the yeah. need to be perfect. Wow. Well, and, and let me, for all you parents that are listening out there, I, I would tell you this. Every parent plays into oh, yeah. <laughs> that desire for perfection because everybody wants good things for their kids. Oh, of course. But, but you took it differently. Yeah. I mean, and so do you think that you ended up performing all the time or always trying to look good or always trying to be good or always trying to be the best? I mean, oh, yeah. Even kinda... to this day, I still find myself performing. In what ways? In what ways? Um, school, 
like school is a big one. Like I just feel like I have to be a perfect student. Like I'm either all or nothing. Like I'm either getting A's on all of my papers and just like everything or I'm completely failing. Like I'm either all in or all out. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So do you have to spend a lot of time kind of hiding who you really are? Well, yeah, I definitely find myself just not, I don't really like coming to Heartlight. I've really found myself, but there's still a part of me that doesn't really know who I am. And like, wow, it's just really difficult. Is it that you don't know who you are or it's hard to express who you are? It's hard to express who I am. Okay. So tell me a secret. Um, what is one thing about you that you know that nobody else knows that people would be surprised if they heard it from you? <laughs> Have you thought about that? No. I mean, if, if, if people really knew how you felt. It's kind of like me. I would tell you that... Um, I think people think I like to be around people all the time, and I, I'm just always this people person, and I just – but if people really knew it, I'm kind of anxious sometimes, and there's times that I just need a break from people. That's exactly how I am. Really? Yeah. Really. Because it's it, – got to perform. You know, yep. you got to put on the smile, and everything's good, and everything's great. And there's times that it's not so great all the time. Do you feel that sometimes? Yeah, like I find myself always performing for people, but I'm never really doing it for myself. Like I'm always doing it to get other people's validation and like acceptance. So why do you need that so desperately? I wish I knew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we all do that to some extent, you know, where you kind of go, because you want to be validated. I mean, oh, you yeah. want you want value. You want someone to go... You are good. You're not as yeah. bad as you think you are. You know, I, there's always something when somebody comes up and goes, hey, you did a good job. Even though I tell people I really don't care whether they say that or not, I think underneath I go, ooh, I like that yeah. because it validates me. I think that's kind of normal for us. Yeah, I just do it on, in unhealthy ways. Yeah. So, Like what? Um, well, for one, like, I'll like use people like just to validate myself. Like I'll just be, I, I won't really care about them, but I'll just yeah. like spend time with them because it feels good to be validated. Like Because they make you look better in the midst of exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And so how do you break out of that? I mean, for you, I mean, you, you come to Heartlight. How did you get to, what, what kind of spurred coming to Heartlight? Um, well, I actually told my parents that I didn't want to live with them anymore Yeah. because just things weren't going well. Like, they were very overprotective. They've gotten a lot better, but it was like I wasn't allowed to have my phone at school. Like I never had my phone. Yeah. I I wasn't allowed to go out with friends unless my parents met them and knew their parents. Yeah. And like I, I was constantly grounded. Wow. So. Because you're always fighting for more freedom. Yeah. I just felt so trapped. Do you think that fight was because I need to be validated by other people? If I have my phone at school, then I fit in and people will value me more. I think it definitely plays into that because, like, everybody has their phone at school. And then I'm like, oh, hey, guys, yeah, I don't have my phone. Can I use yours to text my mom? And they're like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. yeah. So it just. You know, I think every parent's wrestle with that a little bit as to, you know, I, I really believe that people ought to get their cell phones at eight, nine years old. I, oh, I mean, yeah. And it's going to, you know, next year I'm probably going to say seven and eight. And the next year I'm probably <laughs> going to say, you know, when they're four years old or something. <laughs> but I think that lets people fit in in a healthy way. Because if you don't fit in that way, you'll fit in in unhealthy ways. You think? Yeah, 
definitely. Okay. Did you move into unhealthy? Yeah, I did. And so when you look back on that, do you go, okay, I'm, I'm getting validation in unhealthy ways. Was it worth it? No. And so how do you deal with that? Is that the conflict and struggle that ends up getting you to heart life? Yeah, I live with a lot of guilt still, just like from the way I treated my parents and just like how I treated other people. Like, I just feel like if I would have done things differently and like used the need for validation in a healthy way, it would just be so different. Yeah. Okay, so how long are you going to carry that with you? Well, I tell myself every week, okay, this is it. I'm going to let it all go. You got to let it go. Yeah, just it's a lot of baggage. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's what counseling helps you get rid of. Yeah, and it definitely does. Or you don't have to be perfect, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I know that you get to be 60 years old and you don't care what anybody else thinks. (laughs) I mean, so there's hope there somewhere. But, I mean, up until that time, you go, sweetheart, it's, I mean, God, you're a beautiful young lady that you don't have to carry all that stuff with you. Yeah, thank you. you. How would how would you want your parents to to treat you differently that could have helped in the process? It's not so much my parents that need to change. It's, it's like they didn't do everything right. I totally get that, but I really didn't do anything right. Like yeah. at least I feel that way. Like I just feel as if like they didn't do everything right, but I just wish they would trust me more. Like I break the trust like a lot, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but if they were to trust me more and give me more freedoms, I feel like I could show them that I'm responsible and like, yeah, I can handle it. Love your parents. Love them. You know, they love you. Oh yeah. (laughs) So that makes a difference, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. You know what? I think just your comments are enlightening some people where they're going, wow, my child's like that. You know, because mm-hmm. I because I think it is an appearance world now. It is. Your the culture you live in is more about appearance and performance. I don't live in that culture anymore. Nobody cares what I look like. I mean, I got a mustache from the eighteen eighties, <laughs> you know, I nobody cares. But I go, for you they do care and it's huge. And I think every parent out there is probably thinking, Wow, that's the world my child lives in. So yeah. I want to be careful with that. Hey, thanks for being a part of the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. You bet. Hey, this is Mark Gregston, and we have a wonderful event coming up on February 18th. It's called Engage. It's a simulcast, equipping and empowering parents to raise teens in a contrary culture. Look, this is what we're hoping that you will do. Go to your pastor. Go to your your youth worker. Go to your, your, your family minister. Ask them to participate as a church and bring the simulcast to your church. It's called Engage. And you can find out more about Engage at Engage23.com. That's Engage23.com. Valeria, thanks for being on the program. Hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. If you had to describe yourself, how would you describe yourself? I would probably describe myself as, um, I don't know, I guess, confident in a way. Really? really? Like confident about what I do, but 
not very secure about really? myself. Really? Like I'm confident, but I'm not like secure. Okay. So where does the confidence come from? Um, just like, um, like my ability to like accomplish things that I've accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. what I've went through. Where does the insecurity come from? Uh, like bullying, stuff like that. Like not liking my, the way I appear. The way you appear? Yes, the way I look. God, you look beautiful. You look yes. absolutely beautiful. I would disagree with that, but See, I yeah. guess. Okay, well, I mean, that's I, I think you look beautiful. Thank I mean, you. So. Okay, so you're at Heartlight, but how did you end up here? Well, I just had a lot of anger towards my parents because of my past and that led to me just like pushing them away and just like throwing things and it wasn't okay and like yeah. I tried to m manipulate them a lot and like I don't know I didn't see what I was doing was really serious yeah. and like I don't know it's just that's basically all okay so you talk about your past what about your past tell me about your past uh well I was born in Mexico, yeah. and <clears throat> I lived on the streets for like three years. And whoa, whoa, whoa! You lived on the street. How do you live on the streets for three years? How old were you? Um, I was one to three. So who took care of you? My older brother. Really? Yes, he was eight. He was eight, and you were three. Yes. And you're on the streets. Yes, he's five years old. Do you remember any of that? I remember like a little bit of it. Wow. But wow. I, yeah. So how did you guys get out of that situation? Uh, people, well, my grandparents took me in like yeah. a little bit, like maybe like a month or so, but they could take care of me. So they just threw me back on the streets again. And then an orphanage like near there saw wow. us and they took us away. And so then you end up getting adopted. How, what, how old were you when you got adopted? I was five. So that's just two years later. Yes. So now you're 15? Yes, 16. So yeah, so you've been with your mom and dad now for 11 years. Yes. When did you see things start to go wrong or kind of get out of kilter, I guess? Probably around the age of seven. Really? Yeah, I just had a lot of anger and I threw a lot of temper tantrums and mm. I just wanted my way. Just kind of bratty and where, independent. Where do you think that comes from? From being on the streets? Yeah, I just thought that I could live my life independent. I didn't need anybody's help. Well, you did live your life for three years on the... Yes. Where were you in Mexico? Salau, Salau, I have no idea where that is, <laughs> but I can tell you where Dallas is and where Austin is, but I mean, but I mean, it, it, was it a big town? Yeah, it's ne near to Mexico City. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. And so, outside. yeah, I can see somebody surviving in a small village, but I can't even imagine, you know, a, a big city like that. Yes. And so... You get your independence there. Yes. Do you think that affects your insecurity a little bit? Uh, I guess in some way, yes. Because I view myself as what I think and not what others think, I guess. So if you had to describe and say, this is what I think about myself, what do you think? Um, I don't think that, like, sometimes I don't think I'm good enough and that I'm not pretty or that I deserve the life I have now. You don't think you deserve the life you have now? Yes, I feel like I deserve to be on the streets sometimes. Um, why would you feel like you deserve that? Um, I guess in a way, um, I don't know, I just 
the way I treated people, like, mm. like I was so rude and stuff like that. And like, I don't know, like I caused a lot of problems and issues. And I feel like if I was just on the street, I wouldn't be that much of a problem. And I would maybe just be more happy. Wow. Do you think sometimes that the rudeness or all that was something that you developed so you can survive on the streets? Um, in some ways, maybe. Because I was very rude even when I was younger. Really? I just was rude. And so rude in what way? Um, I would just bully people and I would do whatever it takes to get in my way. I would like manipulate them rudely. And I would, th- I would think that would be kind of a normal response to somebody that's had the background that you've had. Yes. You know, and, but I don't, I don't know whether that lasts, though. If you would have stayed on the streets, somebody would have cleaned your clock or put you in your place or done something that said, wait, wait, you're not going to treat people like this. But they would have handled it differently. Yeah. You think? I think, yeah. So if you were still on the streets today, I mean, think about it. What do you think you'd be doing? I don't know, I guess just chilling, laying around, smoking some pot. Yeah. You never know. You know what? When I think about 16-year-old girls on the streets in Mexico City, uh, yeah, I know what they're doing, <laughs> you know? Yep. Because they got to make it, and and it's an easy way to make it. And I, and I look at that, and I go, so I look at you, and I just go... When you look at that, are are you glad you got adopted? Are you glad that you know that that you got out of that situation? I guess in a way I am glad, but then I'm just kind of sad. I don't know because I don't know. I I don't I don't really go good with family. Like yeah. I'm better off by myself. I can't hurt people. I can't do anything. I like to be isolated. So you like to be isolated, so you don't hurt anybody. Yes. That's amazing to me. I mean, I, I get it and I understand it, but I go because I, I think there's such a soft side to you that I've seen a couple of times. I mean, I say, I've seen the hard side and I think we've all, haven't we? Haven't we all <laughs> yeah. seen the hard side a little bit? You know, but there's a soft side to you that I see that I go, there's a, there's a soft girl inside of there that's, that's dying to come out, but I think your habits have gotten you into one place, yes. you know? I, but I, I mean, but I can't get inside your head, you know. Hopefully yeah. I can get inside your heart a little bit, you know, and, and yeah. help you with that. If you can change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Uh, I feel like I would change, I would probably make myself be able to love people more because mm. I don't really feel the emotion of love. It's, I'm not, like, I'm not used to it. So when somebody loves on you, how does it make you feel? I don't, it makes me feel good and I like it, but I just can't love someone back. And I don't even know, and sometimes I don't feel like they love me. I just get in my head a lot. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's one of those adoption things? Probs. Or, or maybe one of those, you know, being given up yeah. or abandoned, that, that that's where it comes from? Probably. Well. Well, I can tell you one thing. I, I know that you're lovable. I mean, just because I see that in you. And um, and even though it's been tough at times, I just think that just as people can grow to love you and do, um, that hopefully you can grow to, to respond back that way. Do you feel like your parents love you? Um, kind of. As much as you can? 
Do yeah. You lo- do you love your parents? Not that much. Really? So what's what's keeping that from happening, you think? Um, my fear of losing them. Really? And a fear of disappointing them and then them throwing me on the streets. It's you think, is fear. that always in the back of your head that that's yes. going to happen? Yes. And so that keeps you from loving them? Yes. Because if you loved them, what would happen? It'd be a greater disappointment? Yes. And I don't want to be that. Yeah. Well, you know what? My hope, my hope for you is that you don't. I think I think it would be a, a, a terrible chapter in your life to to go through life and feel like you're going to be discarded, because I don't think people want to do that. Okay, so when they dropped you off at Heartlight, do you feel like they were trying to discard you? Is that in what a you way? Felt? Yes. Really. Yes, that's how I felt. But you weren't getting along at home. Yes, I wasn't. So you weren't getting along at home. And they would discard you here. I mean, you're in a lose-lose situation. Yeah. And so that's where your escape kind of goes, well, if I can just be on my own, then everything would be okay? Yes. Well, well, I hope we can get it to a better place here. I, I bet we can. You think we can? Definitely. Yeah. Well, I want you to know that I love you. And I, I look forward to some time where we can... I'll, I'll take you out in the boat and drag you behind the boat and, <laughs> or get you on a horse and let you ride horses or something or maybe convince you that it's okay to love my dog uh, <laughs> because I know my dog loves you already. I mean, so maybe we can do that. But but you're yeah. a sweetheart and look forward to the time in the future, okay? Yes. Okay. Well, thanks for being on the program. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.